You are listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast with pet business coach Kristen Morrison. Episode number 113. Welcome to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast, where it's all about pet business challenges, real coaching, and real solutions to help you thrive in your pet business and in your life. And now, here's your host, pet business coach, Kristen Morrison. As pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members. Pet Sitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, Pet Sitters Associates has provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. If you work in the pet care industry or you want to make your passion for pets into a profession, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Sitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote today at PetSitLLC.com. Also, Pet Sitters Associates is offering Prosperous Pet Business Podcast listeners $15 off when you join today by using the discount code PODCAST at checkout. To find out more, go to the podcast show notes page at ProsperousPetBusiness.com forward slash podcast 113. Hi, pet business owners. I hope you are doing well wherever you're at today. Wherever you're listening to this, I hear from a lot of podcast listeners that you do the dishes while you listen, you go to the gym, you go on walks. Sometimes you just sit on your sofa and listen, but it's pretty rare. It's usually that you're doing something else. You're driving somewhere, but wherever you're at in the world listening to this, I am really glad you're here. And Today's coaching session is with Susan Kaplan, and I'm going to share a little bit in just a moment, but I do want to let you know that there are some monthly webinars happening that are about social media, that are about making a shorter work week for yourself, going from perhaps seven days a week to ultimately three days a week, if that's a vision for you. There's a webinar coming up on that topic and lots of other really wonderful webinars that are going to help you grow and expand your business knowledge. And I'm just very excited about that. I purposefully price these webinars at a really low rate for the early birds. So if you get in Well before the time that the webinar starts, you will save money and you will be able to claim your seat. And if you can't make it, everybody who signs up will also receive the webinar recording along with a tips and tools booklet. So lots of reasons to step in and enjoy these webinars. They're on Zoom and I would love to see you there. It would be really great. So you can find out more in the show notes about the monthly webinars at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 113. I also would love to coach you on the podcast if you're interested in applying to be on the podcast like Susan did and all the other coaching clients that you've heard in recent episodes have applied and you can too. So 
go to the show notes and you'll see apply to be coached on the podcast. You'll see that link, click on it, fill it out. And my podcast team will be in touch with you. If your business challenge or question or issue is a good fit for the podcast. And usually it is. There's a lot of different topics that I know you all are struggling with. And the thing is, even if I've coach somebody on that particular topic that you are grappling with, you are different and your business is different and where you're located in the world is different, most likely. So it always can bring a fresh, new, vital experience. Even if I've coached somebody on the same topic, there still will be new information that comes out because you will be different and like I said, where you're located in the world, your business, all of that. So I encourage you, if you've been thinking about it, to go ahead and apply. And again, if you're a good fit, my podcast team will be in touch with you. And I would love to coach you on the podcast. If you are shy, if you're an introvert, (laughs) if you don't want to be publicly coached on the podcast, but you would like a coaching session with me, you can also find a link to all of my types of coaching on the show notes page. I offer 25 or 50 minute sessions. I also do best year yet coaching, which is helping you create the best year you've ever had. I'm working with a number of pet business owners to help them create their best year yet. And I just love these sessions. They're so powerful. And the people that are really drawn to this are people that really want to take their business and their life to a new level. And you don't need to wait until January to do best year yet coaching. So just to let you know that that is available. And finally, the last coaching offering that I have is a VIP coaching day with me, which is me coaching you for a full day in one of the two locations that I live. I live on the big island of Hawaii And I also live in Marin County, California, which is in Northern California, right over the Golden Gate Bridge. So if you are interested in combining a vacation with a coaching session, (laughs) an all-day coaching session, you could write off the airfare. You'll have to ask your accountant about that, but usually you can write off all of the business expenses that are related to the coaching that you're doing and would love to work with you. So you can find out more about the VIP coaching days in the two locations that I offer them in on the show notes page. So once again, prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 113. Okay. So today I am coaching Susan Kaplan. She brought up something that no one that I've ever coached, and I've coached thousands of pet business owners. I've coached many, many on the podcast, but I've coached thousands and thousands of pet business owners in private coaching sessions. And I've never had anybody bring up the topic of how to create company culture. It was really impressive, actually, that she brought up this topic. I just want to tell you a little bit about Susan. Her business is based in San Diego, She has employees, she's been in business for 12 years, and she really wants to build a positive company culture because she's starting to hire more people. 
So as you are listening to this session, I want you to consider for your own business to really contemplate and mull this over. What kind of culture do you want to create and why do you want culture in your business? And do you even know what that is? <laughs> so you're going to learn about that and more in this coaching session today with Susan. She answers these questions that I've asked, and you'll hear her responses. And really, the bottom line is creating the right company culture can help with staff retention and workplace happiness, which is the biggest reason why Susan wants to create positive company culture. But the thing is, is that company culture isn't a one-size-fits-all experience. It's really about what do you want as the business owner? And what does your staff want? You know, really asking them and checking in. And how can you make working with your company more enjoyable so that you can increase staff retention and workplace happiness? So, You're going to hear how to do that in this coaching session with Susan. Enjoy. Hello, Susan. Hello. I'm so so happy to have you here today, and I'm really excited to, to work with you. So tell me a little bit about your business. I want to hear it in your own words, and then we'll dive into what you need help with today. Okay. So there are four of us. We're based in California, San Diego, mm-hmm. and I have employees. They're not contractors. I've been in business for 12 years. Mm-hmm. And today, uh, I'd really like to talk about building company culture as I start to hire on more people. Wonderful. What is your culture like right now? How would you describe it? It's pretty like non-existent, I would say. We only meet for meet and greets with our new clients and then once a month uh, for a team meeting. And at the team meeting, we do like Starbucks or we do like Starbucks or pizza, but like there's there's no real culture. Got it. Okay. Um, If you were to think about what kind of culture you want to create, what would that look like ideally? We'll start there Uh, to get some clarity. Actually, I'm going to take a different route, darling. Hold that thought for a minute. I'm going to take a different route. Why do you want culture? What I think it's really important for you. Why? I think it'll be important for the longevity of employees. So that they stay more than a month, so that they want to stay on for a year, so that it doesn't feel like a seasonal job they quit at the end of college. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So what, what is it, though, about company culture that will cause them to stay? What do you think would be the reason that that change would impact their longevity? I think workplace happiness is really important, especially to this newer generation, millennials and below. Workplace happiness is basically end-all, be-all, even if it's a minimum wage job. Yeah, I think you're right. I do. And I really applaud you 
for looking at this. This is very rare. I have coached thousands of pet business owners. You are the very first (laughs) to bring up company culture. And that astounds me because it is so important, you know, but it really says a lot about you and what you want to create for your company, as well as the people that are working for you. So that is really moving for me. It really (laughs) is. So yeah, when you reached out to me about this topic, I was taken aback because I haven't ever had a pet business owner want to talk about this. They've wanted to talk about hiring marketing, you know, all the things, which isn't a bad thing at all. That's, those are really important things, but this is really, really important because it sets up the foundation for a business. And if you don't have this, having continuity and congruency in terms of what you're creating now and in the future is not likely to happen, or if it happens, it'll be by accident right? So you're getting really intentional about what you want to create. And I just think that is magnificent. I really do. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. So that's really, I want to acknowledge you for this because it is so important in the fact that you're bringing it up. It's just a really important topic. So the reason why I'm kind of digging in here, Susan, is because what is the right culture for you and your company may not be the right culture for another company. It's not standard. It's just like the coaching that I do. It's very specific for each person. Now, people that are listening in on the session can gain you know, tips and tools and nuggets of wisdom for their own business. It's relatable on a lot of levels. But when people are looking at creating culture, it's very specific for that particular business owner, for the staff that are on, for the area that you live in, right? When you think about culture, it really has to do with all of these things. So that's why I'm like putting it on you rather than saying, oh, this is how you should do it. I'm trying to dig into what this would look like for you so that you can then create it and have it be something that will potentially work for the people, all the people that come on board because you are setting the foundation and they're going to be drawn to that or not. The people that come, right. right? And you can include that in the help wanted ad. Like, you know, once we kind of figure out what the culture is, then you can create kind of like a mission statement, but it's a culture statement. Right. And that, I mean, it can be similar to a mission statement, but this is for the people that you're working with. This is like a mission statement for staff. Right. So what I heard you say is you're very aware of workplace happiness and how important it is for millennials and younger. And I would say it's important for older people too. It maybe wasn't a few years ago, but I think with the changes that have happened in the world, people are really becoming intensely aware of how important it is to have work that is fulfilling, that doesn't suck their energy dry, 
that enables them to have work relationships that are really meaningful and connecting. There are a lot of factors now that people are thinking about that perhaps they weren't years ago. And the thing is, what I've noticed is business owners kind of naturally have these desires. I did. You probably did. That's probably why you started your business is wanting some very specific things. And so that's why you created your business, right? Am I right Right. about that? Yeah. Okay. So now employees are catching up to us. They used to, there used to be like, oh, you know, this will be a fun job. But now there's so much more that they're wanting in addition to it potentially being a fun job, right? Right. So what, yeah. So what else, when you think about what you want your staff members to have as a result of working in your company or to feel like happiness is definitely one of them and it might be the pinnacle, the most important thing, right? But what else? What else is important? Uh, I wish that they could see that there's a lot of opportunities to do more than just dog walking, more than just pet sitting. I need a lot of help with social media. They could be yep. running our Instagram and Facebook and Nextdoor. Someone could be writing our emails. You know, yep. there's a lot of skills that can be garnered from working for a company this small who's willing to pay yes. you to, to learn them. And yep. I don't I don't see a lot of excitement. I have asked my employees and they are not yeah. excited to do yeah. and so, anything mm-hmm. other than the pet sitting I hired them to do. Yeah. And so when we try to pigeonhole people into doing other positions that they're not interested in, they're not going to be fulfilled at all. Right. So right. what I would say in regards to this particular thing, and I see this as different from company culture. So, you know, we're kind of going to put company culture on the shelf just for now. We're going to come back to it. But what we're going to put in the forefront here is what you just said, which is you need people to do more than pet sitting. You need people to be on social media, to be posting. You need a social media manager is what it sounds like. Am I right? Right. But where, okay. where I was going with this is I kind of thought that they would want to branch out and learn different uh, things yeah. within a small business. And then I found that they really just want to walk dogs. <laughs> yeah. And, and so we may, I get it. I get it. So I had a similar thing when I had my business. I don't know if you can hear a resident rooster here in the jungle crowing. <laughs> I can. Yeah. He's uh, inappropriate sometimes, you know, anyway, here he is um, crowing a little bit, but regardless I tried to get some of my staff to manage and some of them agreed to do it very reluctantly and they were horrible at it. And it actually was somewhat damaging to my business. And I found that it is damaging to put somebody in a position where they're really, their heart's not in it. 
And so what you may want to do, if it's really important for you to have somebody that really knows the business, I mean, I think that might be the basis for wanting this within your company with the people that you already have is that they know the clients, they know the business. And so that can lead to them perhaps doing a better job at social media for you, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So what you may need to do is place an ad for dog walker slash pet sitter and social media manager. And that being the title of the ad. And what you can say is, you know, we're going to start you off with pet sitting and dog walking. And if you're really excited about social media, we're going to train you. Bonus points if you already have experience. Something like that, where you are then hiring somebody fresh who is drawn to this, is drawn to learning. You're not trying to put a square peg in a round hole with your current staff members who really aren't interested. Right. It's not going to serve you. It's not going to serve them. It's not going to serve your business. But this will then draw your right person to you. So that's going to be an action step for you is to place that ad and see what you get. Right. I was just kind of hoping that... um you know, we'd have more culture if I gave them more options of things they wanted to do. Something other than, you know, like, here's a raise, please stick around. Right. I'm trying to find the happy medium to make them happier. Got it. So one thing you might want to do is ask them what will make them happy. Because sometimes in relationships, including work relationships, we think we're psychic and we know what people need and want, but that's not always the case because if you think about love languages, for example, right? So we often give what we, what our love language is to, let's say our partner, but that's not necessarily what their love language is. And so we may be giving them something that they don't actually appreciate very much. It's the same with staff members. So you have to find what, not necessarily their love languages, but what their desires are in terms of work. So what you might want to do is send out, you could send out a Google survey. That can be a good thing to do for your staff is to have really open-ended questions on that survey, not just choose your favorite things, you know, happiness, blah, 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 you know, whatever you might put there. But instead to say, have open-ended questions that say things like, what would you like to see more of with this company? What do you enjoy about working with this company? What do you not enjoy? So the not enjoying can be an indicator of what needs to change. Right. Sometimes it can indicate square peg in a round hole because, you know, there may be things that you can't change in your business in terms of, you know, what they like and don't like. But it can also indicate things that you may be able to change. And that may, from there, you can kind of draw out a new company culture. 
or a company culture because you don't have one right now, but you're creating one. So the likes and the desires and the don't likes can be indicators of where your company culture might be pulled from in terms of this. So, you know, another action step is to create a survey with open-ended questions that get really specific about what they like about working with your company, what they don't like. And when you send out the survey, two things about it. One is I would have a date by which you need it back by. That's always important when you're sending something out. I would say, give them three days. You know, you're going to maybe have five questions. It's not going to be a big, big survey, but it's going to be meaty. And you really want them to expand upon it. And so that's the first thing. You want to give them a due date by which you need them to fill it out. The second thing is to really stress that when they're answering, to answer really honestly and openly and is to take as much space in those boxes as they need, like more is better in this instance because you're really hungry for information to make your company better, to make it more of a company where people will want to stay longer, right? where they'll really want to dig in and be a part of the company. And that you're actively in the process of creating a company culture that will serve them and will serve the business. Something like that. Okay. With regards to the questions, what do you think the five questions should be? The first two being, what do you really like to do? What would you like to see changed? What are the other three questions? Uh, What do you not like to do? So it's a little different from what would you like to see changed? I think those three are important. Um, A fourth question would be, when you think about company culture, what would you like to have? Like, what kind of company culture would you like for this particular business? So that you're getting their feedback doesn't necessarily mean you're going to take that feedback and that's going to be the company culture, but at least you're gathering ideas. And you can say, for example, workplace happiness. So you give them a little bit of a clue if they're not really familiar with company culture. The other thing you could do is link to an article that explains about company culture. So some people who have never worked in, let's say, a corporation may not really be aware of what company culture even is. Um, But the thing about Google surveys, if you decide to do this, I learned this the hard way, is if you have a link within the survey, when they click on that, it will delete all their answers. (laughs) So you actually want to have that link in the email that you send along with the survey link. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's specific for Google surveys. I don't know about any other like MailChimp surveys, if that's the case, but having just done a Google survey myself and having had a few people say, oh my gosh, I clicked on that link that was in the survey and I lost all my answers. I don't want you to go through that, Susan. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the fourth question. And then let me put it in your court. Like, what else would you like to know from them? How could we make our team meetings benefit them to a higher degree? 
And what do you mean by benefit? Right now, we kind of just go over some handbook policies. We eat some pizza. We talk about if we're having any trouble with any clients, and then we call it a day. The meeting is over in an hour. And I'm just wondering if that's not enough. Well, what do you what do you want? So it's important to discover first what you want in order to see if that's a good fit for your staff. So what there's something that's not being fulfilled within these meetings for you. And it's important to look at what's missing for you. Like what, what do you want to accomplish from these meetings besides what's already being accomplished? I feel that at the end, I wish they were more excited for what's to come. Okay. Yeah. So you want more enthusiasm. Yeah. So a question might be, what would cause you to feel enthusiastic about working with this company? And I wouldn't say more enthusiastic because the reality is they're not enthusiastic (laughs) and you'd like them to be. And so asking them, what would cause you to feel enthusiastic about working with this company? And maybe enthusiastic and or passionate. Some people have a hard time with that word enthusiasm. Some people have a hard time with that word passionate. So you, including both, I think would be helpful to get the answers that you want. Okay. And, you know, there may be... Great. And you don't have to limit it to five. I just do think it shouldn't be more than like 10 questions for this, maybe even eight. So, but let's talk about it because you'll kind of have one shot to do this. I mean, you can always do it again in a few months, but you don't want to like every month send them a survey. So we really want to cover what will be needed for this. If you run a pet business like pet sitting, dog walking, dog training, or pet grooming, it can feel like the work never ends. Customer service, hiring staff, paperwork, your to-do list goes on and on. Plus, you still need to do the actual work that pays your bills. Running your business with pen and paper is hard and messy. You know you need a better system to stay on top of everything so nothing falls through the cracks. Jobber is a mobile and online app that helps keep your pet business organized, efficient, and professional. With Jobber, you can send price quotes to your clients, schedule your pet care providers, send invoices, and accept payments online, all in one place. You won't know how you ran your pet business without it. Jobber offers free one-on-one coaching to help you get started. No software experience is required. Get paid on time, go paperless, and impress your clients. Try it free today at getjobber.com forward slash pets. That's getjobber.com forward slash pets, or visit the show notes page and click the Jobber link to get started today. So what are some other experiences that are missing for you in terms of this company and the staff that you would like to see. And we can start there and then figure out a question for it. I think another problem is that because we don't currently have a manager, she retired. 
that they have to come directly to me, the owner with any comments or concerns, or if they want something changed, they have to come to the owner. And I think that's very scary for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that's very perceptive. Yeah. Yeah. So it can be for a lot of people. Right. So how can I ask them, what could I do for them? What needs to change on a, you know, on a monthly basis where they're willing to like actually give an answer? If, if they want their schedule by Friday instead of Saturday, like, and they're not, they're not, they're not able to ask me directly as the owner. They're, they're too afraid. Not afraid, but like uh-huh. unco- yeah, uncomfortable. They might be afraid, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you notice that things—it seems like maybe ran a little bit more smoothly when you had a manager, and that manager got the answers that she needed. Okay. Yep, absolutely. So, and I'm and I'm actively hiring. Okay. So it's not that I'm not hiring. I right. am, but in in the yeah. meantime, yeah. what can I do? Right, right. Okay. So what I would say is I am. You know, in the survey, this would be question number six. I am actively looking to hire a manager, but in the meantime, I need, it sounds like answers from you more quickly than I've been getting or answers from staff more quickly than I've been getting. What will enable me to get the answers I need when I need them? Okay. Yeah. So you're putting it in their court. Like what? And they may need to know a few days before. It's not like, hey, calling them on a Thursday saying, I need to know by tomorrow what your schedule is. So what you may hear from them is, I need more lead time to get back to you. I don't know what the answer will be, but that may be an answer. So this will give you some indicators of how you can resolve this in a way that works for them. I think it's a good question in terms of, I mean, you might want to word it a little differently. You'll know when you're writing it because you're more intimately connected to your business. But, you know, the one that I did was kind of wordy, but you can streamline it a little bit when you're creating your survey. I'd like to look at a couple more or maybe just one more problem that you're experiencing with your staff that we can then perhaps begin to resolve from the answers in the survey. So what's another problem that you're experiencing? Uh, I do find that new staff quits relatively quickly. And the answers, the answer, like within, so some of them, you know, they, they stopped the first week, this job just wasn't for them. But there's another set Mm -hmm. of them that stay for about two months. And then they get to the end of the two months and they're like, actually, this isn't what I thought it would be. I don't have enough spare time in my own life or whatever the Mm -hmm. excuse is. But I I never hear anything. I never get feedback about me or the company or the job itself. And I don't know if they're being polite in, Mm -hmm. in saying I'm quitting because I don't have enough time in my own life or... Yeah. It, yeah. It, they just never felt comfortable enough, even in quitting to say, Hey, there was something I needed and I wasn't getting. And I don't know how to ask my current employees. Is there something you need that yeah. you aren't getting and getting the feedback? 
the survey will be that. And it'll right. be a way that they can answer where you're not directly asking them. It's, it's you know, it's kind of shielded by the survey. Right. So it'll be, I think, easier for them to answer. So the hiring thing is a longer conversation um, because I suspect that there are points in the hiring process that if you were to do them differently, you would have a different experience in terms of your staff staying with you for longer. And there are some key things that I realized in my own company that I really had to do differently because I was experiencing the same thing. So that may be a private coaching session that we do at a later date because it's a longer conversation and we're almost out of time here. So I would be looking at though, what can happen for people that aren't staying for very long is, is they might not have realized exactly what was involved in the job. So there might be some breakdown in terms of communication that isn't happening in terms of the help wanted ad, in terms of the onboarding process that isn't, or in, even interview process that isn't really clearly explaining what the job is like. I mean, that's one facet of it. If I were to do some private coaching with you that I would dig into a little bit and get really a lot more clarity on. But the reality is with the survey, we've got people that have been willing to stay and that it sounds like enjoy their job, right? Mm -hmm. At least we yep. think they do. And you are a great boss because you are actively looking at how to help them enjoy their job even more. I'd like to so, keep them happy. <laughs> yeah. You, yes. And I think it's really important, especially now it's super important. So we have just a minute left. I want to kind of wrap this up a little bit in terms of the survey, in terms of company culture. So there may be other questions that you have for them. I would limit it to 10, no more than 10. Uh, don't be afraid to add up to 10 though, you know, because this is an opportunity to collect answers from them that'll be really beneficial for you in terms of creating this company culture and not having to rehire people, you know, to hire, 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 but right. instead to work with what you have and keep them happy. Now, when you're gathering these answers from the survey, what I want you to do is take note of the emotional words that pop out at you. Emotional words like happiness, like you've already discovered, fulfillment, enjoyment. You know, I don't know what these emotional words will be, but you can then create a culture statement and a, an actual culture from those words if they resonate for you. Like if you're okay. trying to pigeonhole your company into something that doesn't really resonate for you, that's not going to work. Because you are the foundation of your company. Like you are the visionary, the leader. And so you have to really feel like I'm in, these are in alignment with what I want to create too. And if they are, then you'll be more easily able to have actions that support that within your company. It's like when we choose our values for our business and our life. Right. We can't choose other people's values. Like they really have to resonate for us. 
And when they do, then it's like there's a ripple effect in our business. And people are either drawn to those values or they're not. And if they're not, they're not going to be a good fit probably to work with us. Right. But I think you're going to begin to gather in a way some values of these emotional values are really important. And, and often when people are writing emotional words, that's an indicator of, you know, their love language or their work language, their work love language, right? right. Things that right. really matter to them that are important. And then you'll be able to create a company culture that's in alignment with you. It's in alignment with the forward movement that you want to create that supports them to really live their best life within your company, but also their best life outside of your company. Right. They're happy out there. They're going to be happy within here, probably. Right. Not always. If they're happy, you know, in your company, they're going to probably that's going to have a ripple effect out in their personal life as well, because how we do one thing is usually how we do everything. And so when we're really feeling a sense of fulfillment within our work, that can then have a ripple effect to our personal life as well. Right. So you're increasing, you know, by this work that you're doing to create a culture, you are creating in your own little slice of, you know, this, this area that you cover and these people that you work with, you're creating, you know, more, more peace and well-being. And that's a really noble thing. It's an important thing, especially with everything going on in the world these days. So I, I want you to really hold that, right? When you're doing this work, you may feel like, oh, I'm, like, why am I doing this? Like, hold on to that vision of I am helping to create more well-being within myself, within my company. I'm creating a healthier company. Companies can be unhealthy or they can be healthy and they can sometimes be in the middle. And you're going to, like, push it from, I think, the middle to a greater level of health and well-being. And also for your staff to have a greater sense of well-being. Yeah, I'd really like them to be happy and feel fulfilled with the work they do. It's a great job. I mean, we play with animals all day. They should be happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, they should. But, you know, the thing, the reality is, and I speak from very personal experience here, my dear, having, I own my company for 18 years. I did a lot of the work for nine years until, you know, and I, anyway, I hired people, many people, but I still did the work for up until about year nine. And it's a fun job, but it's also work. Like, you know, dealing with the humans, dealing with challenging pets. Not every pet is an angel. The driving, if you're a pet sitter or dog walker, sometimes the physical exertion of walking all the time, the monotony of walking all the time, you know, or different day, same thing, you know, that's kind of dog walking. Mm -hmm. It can be very monotonous. So I just... 
there can be ways, and again, this is a conversation for hiring. We're talking about culture here, which impacts hiring and, and hiring impacts culture. But that really is a separate conversation of like how to hire people and how to watch for if they're happy or not. And what can you do within your company to set that up? Right now, we're just laying right. the groundwork, right. which is absolutely crucial. It's the first step, really. A lot of people go straight to hiring and, and just, like I said, they don't even talk about culture, even think about culture. So this is absolutely great that you are. And I think this is just a very important conversation to have. And I'm excited for you and your staff and your future staff members as well. Well, thank you. I really appreciate your um, your help and your ideas with the survey. And I'll follow up with you with what I find out. I would appreciate it. I would really love to know. And I'm very excited for you to get the answers that you need. I would recommend that you don't send that survey over a weekend time. I would send it on Tuesday or you could send it on Monday, but people kind of get bombarded on Monday. So if I were you, I would send it on Tuesday and ask for it to be done by Friday at noon. I know I set up to five days, but I would say something like that. So it's not going over a weekend. And if you haven't got survey responses by Thursday at noon, send a reminder. Okay. Because people oh, one more reminders. One more thing. Should I ask them for their name on the survey or is it a better idea? Yes, to leave absolutely. Ah, uh, that's a good question. Because I think remember I said, I know I'm remembering. I, I got that. Yeah. I think they will be more likely to give you thoroughly honest answers if it's anonymous. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, you still need, I would just email everybody on Thursday and say, if you haven't yet responded to the survey, please do so. I, I do need all responses tomorrow at noon. Okay. By tomorrow Perfect. at noon. Yeah. Okay, my dear. Lovely. Well, thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. It was great to work with you today. Hi, pet business owners. If you haven't done it already, I want to encourage you while this is fresh in your mind, having listened to this episode about company culture, to grab a notebook or a journal or whatever you use to write important information in. Could be the notes section in your phone, but to really contemplate and think about what would positive company culture look like for your business, even if it's just you. Because company culture has impact, not only for staff, if you have staff, but also for your clients. It's really going to help you create a feeling of warmth and joy, and even for yourself to experience workplace happiness. So I want to encourage you to do that, even if it's just you, if you're a one-person show, you know, in terms of your business, but it's especially important if you have staff. So I really want you to explore this. I want you to, even if you need to listen to this again and hear the questions that I asked Susan and pause it and stop and answer them for yourself so that you can begin 
really exploring this very, very important topic of how to create company culture in your pet business. And not just create company culture, but a positive company culture that keeps your staff members coming back week after week, keeps clients coming back week after week. People enjoy working with you. They enjoy working with your company. It can really have an important impact. And I want to thank Susan for being willing to talk about this topic, which again is a topic that nobody has ever talk to me about. <laughs> They've, uh, you know, I've been really aware of it. My husband works in a company, a very large company. So it's really a big part of his life because he's an executive in the company and he really is a part of creating company culture. But in small businesses, often that goes by the wayside. It's something that not a lot of people think about, but it really can have impact even if your business is tiny. So want to encourage you to do a little exploration and think about it. You know, think about this topic. And if you're interested in being coached on the podcast to talk about this topic in your own business or another topic that you have that's challenging for you, or even just a question that you have about your business or your life as it relates to the business. I work with a lot of people on recovering from burnout, creating work-life balance, lots of topics related to the personal life. So I welcome those too. You know, who we are impacts our business and who we are in our business impacts our life. So they're very complementary to each other. A lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to work on my business. But what ends up happening as I coach somebody, and perhaps you've heard some of this in the in the podcast is that often something in their life gets revealed or an aha and they go, oh my God, this is how I do everything. Like the way I'm running my business is how I live my life too. And I'm not really liking the way I live my life. So I want you to also, if you feel inspired, not that you have to, but if you feel inspired to contemplate how you're running your business and is it similar to the way that you're living your life? Like, For example, if you're having a hard time saying no to clients, is saying no an issue for you in your personal life? Is there an element of codependency that may be at play in your business life and in your personal life? And the thing is, when we change the way we do something in one area of our life, it has a ripple effect for all areas. So changing things the way you do in your business will impact your personal life. Like when you enforce cancellation policies, you know, you begin to have a sense of self-worth in terms of your time, your energy. You've reserved that time for clients. If they're canceling last minute, it's not honoring of you and your spirit and your time and your energy. So I really want to encourage you to take your energy back. Don't disperse it you know, as much perhaps as you have been in your business. And if you'd like to get a coaching session with me privately, you are welcome to do that as well. And you can go to the show notes page to find out more about my private coaching or to apply to be coached on the podcast. I wish you a beautiful day or evening wherever you are at in the world. I'm so glad that you're a part of this 
podcast community. There is a private Facebook group if you're interested in joining a wonderfully supportive community. You can search for Prosperous Pet Business and you'll see the word supportive community in the title of our group. And you can also find a link to that in the show notes as well. One more time, prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 113. Take good care. Bye. Want to take what you're learning from the podcast and begin to apply it in your own pet business so you can see powerful results? The Pet Business Online Course Learning Platform can help you do that. You'll find instant access courses that can help you launch or grow your pet business starting right now. You can watch, listen, and learn from the courses right now or whenever works best for you and from wherever you're at in the world. The How to Start Your Pet Sitting and Dog Walking Business in 7 Days online course gives you step by step instruction and comprehensive tools to help you launch your own pet care business and get paying clients in just one week. The four week pet business catapult program provides a weekly comprehensive plan to help you create systems and strategies so you can work on your business instead of in your business. You'll also learn exactly what you need to find, hire, and train quality staff and attract high paying, profitable clients. With these classes and the many other online classes you'll find on the course platform, you can take your pet business to a new level of growth and success starting right now. Go to PetBusinessCourses.com. That's PetBusinessCourses.com or use the online learning platform link in the show notes page to start transforming your pet business right now. You'll find many classes for all your business needs, including how to get your website higher on the search engines and how to use Facebook marketing to grow your pet business, plus many others. New courses are added monthly. These online courses provide solutions and actionable steps so you can quickly take your business to a new level of growth and profitability. And you'll receive your courses in less than 60 seconds after ordering. To find out more, go to PetBusinessCourses.com. Thank you for listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast. It would be great if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or pet business coaching topics you would like to hear on future podcasts, please visit us at www.prosperouspetbusiness.com or www.sixfigurepetbusinessacademy.com.